Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, we ask tonight without any reservation that you are kind. We pray that, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you teach the word of God to your people. Father Almighty God, open our hearts, our eyes, and our minds. We pray for the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding are enlightened. The outcome of which, O oh Lord, is that we know. And we pray that this happens for all, Father Almighty God, changing the course of lives, destinies, hopes, and aspirations. Father, for those who need miracles, we unashamedly bow our heads and come before you and say, Father, intervene. Intervene as only you can. We thank you, Father, for those listening by podcast, and we celebrate them, and we remind, we do not forget them, and we lift them up before you, and we ask for your kindness and your grace. In Jesus' most holy name, Father, take all the honor and glory tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening, everybody. Um, last week, um, just to give you a very quick catch up, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about it, but we spoke about Jehovah El Shaddai and Jehovah Elohim, and that's, we spoke about the names of God. And so this week, ladies and gentlemen, as we begin to bring this section, we're coming to the last, um, this is pretty the last Monday in January, um, time is absolutely flying. But God has been kind and he is well present, well present. And so, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to lay a very short foundation also. Hopefully it will catch up everybody who is probably um, coming here for the first time. And that will give you an idea and also sets the foundation for what we're going to do tonight. And so why are we studying the names of God at the beginning of the year? Why are we studying the, who God says he is? What does God say about himself? And ladies and gentlemen, we're doing so for a variety of reasons. One of them is Jesus presents as central throughout his life and ministry that he is here to make clear to us the Father, because that's who he is restoring us to. He's restoring us to a relationship with the Father. And so as we look at the names of the Lord, as we look at the names of God, and we realize what Jesus says, we it strengthens our relationship with our Father. It also gives us a greater amount of confidence to come before him in prayer and in requests and just to walk with him in simple relationship. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a look at three statements to start. We're going to look at three things, and we're going to try and get this done before our 714 window, just to bring everybody up to speed. And so what I'd ask you to do, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a quick look at what Jesus actually said about the name of God, and then we will go from there. And so the first thing I want you to realize, how, how, why is it so important for us to understand the names of God? It's a very simple reason. Please turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew. And we're going to go from Matthew chapter six, and we're going to start reading 
from verse 9 and we're going to stop at about 13 and this is Jesus now remember this is Jesus teaching his disciples to pray you'll also find this in Luke 11 you'll find the same thing where his disciples ask him teach us to pray so what Jesus presents is critical he's teaching on the sermon on the mount he's teaching the importance of prayer and relationship with God and he does so remarkably in Luke 11 he's teaching them how to pray and they asked him, how do you pray so you can teach us? And this is what Jesus said. I'm going to read from verse nine, and I'm, I'm going to read from the King James Version of the Bible. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, this is Jesus speaking. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I'm going to pause there. I want to pause there. So that's the line I want you to remember. That's the central, ladies and gentlemen. This is central to what Jesus wants us to remember. Absolutely central. And so then the Bible says the following, and then he, he continues praying. He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. But notice the crux. The key element is this. He says, start when you start your day, when you start interacting with your father, once your eyes are open, the following are key. Number one, he is your father, our father, which art in heaven. That's our focus. But then he says, hallowed be thy name. That means the names of God form the center of our interaction with our father. The word hallowed means to be kept holy. That means may the names of God as he has revealed them to us in our lives be exactly what he wants them to be. Now, the beautiful thing about it, ladies and gentlemen, when you look at the names of God, it tells us what God, who God is, and what God has done already on our behalf, but also what we can trust him for by nature and by covenant. So when God says, and we're going to look at two things today, when God says, this is who I am, he's saying, you can trust me, both based upon who I am and what I am, or who I am, what I have done, what my nature is, that means it's not something I can change. And also, this is something I have covenanted with you to be that. So when you come before God, especially in the place of prayer, when you come before the Lord, Jesus says, come with confidence and assurance that you are coming to a willing, kind, benevolent father irrespective of your circumstances. So please keep that in mind. And so Jesus says the central part of that is the names of the name of the Lord. And so we're looking at different elements of the name of the Lord. And it's been, hopefully it's been, um, been fun so far. So that's the first thing that Jesus said. The second thing that Jesus said is this, please turn in your Bibles. And I will put this into the chat, ladies and gentlemen. Um, please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 10, and we're going to read from 25, and we're going to read to 30. So Jesus, driving home this point of how important 
the name of the father, the names of the father are, he says the following. I'm reading from John 10, verse 25. Jesus answered, I told you and you believe not. He's speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the doctors and there, and they've been giving him a really hard time questioning him. He said, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me. So pause. Notice Jesus said, the works that I do in my father's name. So we, what is central to the miraculous intervention of Jesus Christ in our lives. So when he causes the power and the life and the personality of the Lord to come to bear into the lives of people who many times had no hope whatsoever, he said it was the name of the Lord that was the foundation of his actions. So when he healed, it was the name of the Lord. When he provided, it was the name of the Lord. When he caused a person to be drawn close to God, it was the name of the Lord that he was manifesting and making clear. And so we realize, ladies and gentlemen, he then says, listen, that you, I, these works that I do, that I've done them in my father's name, and I could only do them if he sent me. Now, I'll keep reading just for clarity, and I'm going to read from John 10, verse 26. And he says, but you believe not because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. And then he makes a phenomenal statement. And he says, I and my father are one. So ladies and gentlemen, when you remember that, so ladies and gentlemen, when you are praying or when you are holding on to the Bible or when you are studying the word or when you are going through a life circumstance and the Lord is your the foundation of your journey, remember, Jesus said, once you come in the name of Jesus, you have access to all that God is, everything. And I hope that puts you in a really strong position this afternoon, this evening, as you go into the coming week. Now, that was the second thing he said. So all the miracles that Jesus did were to make clear the name of the Lord. So that means the person we can trust by action and by nature and by covenant. So our relationship gets stronger because there's certain things that are non-negotiables. There's certain things that are not really up for, is it going to happen or is it not? God said, this is who I am. You can trust me to be this person as you come to me in prayer, in expectation, in desire, in trouble or good times. Okay, so that was the second thing that Jesus said. The third thing that Jesus said, and this is... Um, and this is what I want you to please keep in mind. A third thing that Jesus said, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep, um, we're almost at um, 7.14, but we're doing great for time. A third thing that Jesus said, and this is why this study is really important. Jesus said his journey to the cross, that means the fulfillment of his destiny and his purpose. The fulfillment of his destiny and his purpose, which ended at Calvary. Not when I say ended, it culminated at Calvary and then went on to his uh, ministry and life in eternity that he is there for us. 
Jesus says the following. Please turn in your Bible, and I'll write it into the chat first. Can you please turn to John chapter 12, verses 23 to 28, and listen to Jesus' focus. He's, he's coming to the, the, to the end of his life. He's beginning to wind things down, and this is what he says. So John chapter 12, and we are picking up the narrative from verse 23. And Jesus says the following. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and it die, and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And the Bible says, He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto, it, unto life eternal. Different sermon. Great sermon, different sermon. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there also shall my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. So he's speaking about the culmination of his earthly ministry, life and earthly ministry. Now the Bible says the following, verse 27. The Bible says, now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. And I'm, I'm, I'll, um, when we speak about purpose and destiny, I'll speak about that, that when you come in front of your purpose and your destiny, it's going to take courage for you to step in. It is going to take courage for you to take that step to go where God has prepared you for and God presents to you. It's going to take courage. So just hold on to that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, John 12, verse 28, and this is where we're going to culminate this particular thought. And the Bible says the following, Father, glorify thy name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. So Jesus said, the entirety of what I'm about to do is to glorify the name of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 7.14. Let's take our declaration and then we will continue from there. Um, and so let's take our declaration. It's taken from, as we've said, 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14. And this is what the, and so we'll say it together. Hopefully it's, you're saying it in the morning and the evening. Oh Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray. We seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land in the name of Jesus. We're now, we're now going to declare. We declare that our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Wherever you are in the world, wherever you are in the United Kingdom, wherever you are listening to this, may the land that is yours be healed. Whether that, whatsoever your land is, let it be healed. Let it be healed and restored to God's original glory. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So notice Jesus said, so the culmination of his life, he said that the aim is to glorify the name of the Lord. So this is what we see. Jesus going to the cross, rising again, rising from the dead, based upon a commandment of the Lord. He was demonstrating to us and wanted to make clear to us that God can be trusted. 
that we can trust the Lord that if he gives you a promise, no matter what you face, no matter what you face, it will be all right because God will keep his word. And so that was the, th the third thing that we see. And the last thing I want you to hold on to, why is this study really important? And the last thing I want you to hold on to, just it gives you, a, hopefully this gives you a, a, um, a hinge pin thought. And, and this is what I want you to realize. Our connection, this is the fourth thing I've said tonight, our connection with the Lord God's abilities is directly linked to his name. Our connection with the ability of your father is directly linked to his name, as we've seen over the last few weeks. Now, let's see what Jesus says. So please turn to John chapter 17. So John 17, and we're going to look at verse 11, and we're going to go to verse 12. And the Bible says the following, and Jesus was praying as he was about to exit the world. And now I am, now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Verse 12, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me have I kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition that the scriptures might be filled fulfilled and so ladies and gentlemen what i want you to realize when jesus was speaking he was he was very clear um very clear about the fact that the it everything he did everything he did whether it was interceding for peter whether it was standing up for the woman who had been caught in adultery whether it was healing blind bartimaeus he did all of that in the name of the lord he manifested and this is what he says in verse 26 so if you roll down to verse 26 of, of john chapter 17 so if you go to verse 26 that's john 17 26 the bible says the following and i have declared unto them thy name and will declare that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. So ladies and gentlemen, we realize our connection to the almighty God is his name. So I want you to think about this as, as we close this thought out. This is why understanding the names of God is really a, is a really important study to start off a year because it gives you an understanding of the person whom you trust, the person whom you are in relationship with. And Jesus said, our connection to God's abilities, the miraculous working power of the Lord is through his name. And so where the Lord said, says that I am the Lord God almighty, the strongest of the strong to use a phrase, ladies and gentlemen, you are connected that to that power through his name and then not only is he jehovah el shaddai the lord god almighty the one for whom there is no one no equal not only is he that person 
But the beautiful thing is, the Bible says the reward for what Jesus did was that God gave him a name for and on our behalf. And through the name of Jesus, you and I can freely access the entirety of the almighty God. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to understand is I want you to really, really be confident. I want you to have a reassured heart as you come into this week and as you come into this season, as you discover all the things that God says about himself. Not only can you trust the Father, not only can you trust God, but the Lord has said, access to me is through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That means whenever you need the Lord to be the strongest, whenever you need the Lord to be your shepherd, whenever you need the Lord to be your healer, whenever you need to, the Lord to be your sanctifier or your righteousness, whenever you need the Lord to be present, whenever you need the Lord to be your banner, with the name of Jesus, you can access all that God has for you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is why this study is really important, because you cannot trust someone you do not know. It's not possible. If you don't know that the Lord God is your healer, you will not trust him when you're sick. If you don't know the Lord God as your strong tower, you can't trust him when you're, when you're terrified or when you're afraid or you're going through difficult circumstances. If you don't know that the Lord is the possessor of heaven and earth, the creator of heavens and earth, that there's nothing too hard for him. When you are going through a really difficult circumstance, anxiety will take over. But once you know who God is and the fact that you have access to the Lord through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, all of a sudden, an ability to stay calm and steady in a crisis is granted to you because you know God will come through. And so ladies and gentlemen, that's the reason we're going through this study. And so what we're going to do today, we've got two names of God to look at. Um, I hope we're going to have some fun. I hope you're going to have, I hope you now understand why we have done this. I hope you understand that now. So let's go. So let's, let's dive into where God wants us to go tonight. Um, and I hopefully that gave someone a very firm foundation of confidence to be able to confront this week and the coming seasons. So the name, the first, the next name of the Lord we're going to look at is the following: the Lord God, our righteousness. In Hebrew, it is Jehovah Sidkenu, in that the Lord is our righteousness. Now, the word righteousness is a very interesting one. It's it literally means right standing so that means you have before the lord you have by virtue of now without we're going to come to this just as a dictionary definition righteousness um and so let me go to genesis 15 verse 6 and the Bible says, and God speaking of Abraham, and he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Now, the word righteousness there 
it means rightness, rectitude. It also means justice, virtue. It also means one that is prosperous. And so when you are coming to before the Lord and he's caused you to be right, that means he has literally, when you speak, you become, to give you an example, the deciding witness in a case that hangs in the balance. Because at that point in time, your testimony is the definitive one. And so righteousness, when we say righteousness, it's the same way that a lawyer of a certain standing can walk into a particular court based on a particular case and he has the right to address the court and his words are the deciding one. So God causes you to be right, whether that be morally, it causes you to be prosperous. That means in whatever case or situation you present to the Lord, you come out as victor or winner. That's what righteousness is. And so we refer to it as right standing before the Lord. Literally, it's like walking into a royal presence and being acknowledged that, yes, what we want to hear what you have to say. That is what righteousness gives us. Now, let's see where that came from. So please turn in your Bible. And I will put these into the chat, ladies and gentlemen. Jeremiah chapter 23. And we're going to have a look at this from verses two to six. Two to six. And the Bible says the following. This is where it is. So let me put that in the chat for you. Jeremiah 23. And we're reading from two to six. This is where the name is referenced in the Bible. And so this is where, this is why I love the Bible study, because we can go around the Bible. The Bible says the following. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. You have scattered my flock and driven them away. This is where Israel is in a really dire straits. They're just about to go into captivity. And the Lord is passing judgment on them, explaining why he's letting them go into captivity. And one of them is that those who had care of the people have not done a great job. And so this is what he begins to, the prophet Jeremiah begins to articulate God's judgment. And this is what it says. It says, therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. You have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, saith the Lord. Then the Bible says the following. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries whither I have driven them. And will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them. And they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. You can say amen there. You can claim that 100%. Then verse 5 says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch. Now he's speaking about the Messiah. And a king shall and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days, Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name 
whereby he shall be called, and it's this, the Lord, our righteousness. Now, the reason that is such an amazing name, speaking about that, this is the name of, this is my name, this is the name of the Lord, and it's going to be made manifest through the Messiah, and the Lord, our righteousness, because normally righteousness is based upon the actions of a person. When we look at and so I'll show you that, and then I will come to the next, um, the next verse. So let, come, I'm gonna go to Genesis. Very short story, Genesis 15, and I'm gonna read from verse one, um, and then we will come back. And so this is where we see the Jehovah Seed Kenu name show up. This is what righteousness looked like before this. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and the one born in my house is mine heir. He was presenting a dark set of circumstances. Verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. Verse 5. And he brought him forth abroad. And tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. So God gives him a promise, just like he's given you and I a promise. Verse six is critical. The Bible says, and he believed in the Lord. That was the action that God was looking for. And he, the Lord, counted it to him for righteousness. That means based upon the action of better, you are righteous. That means I am now free to bring the promise I just made to you to pass. So righteousness, ladies and gentlemen, you will find many times in the Bible that it was based upon an action. The primary action is belief. You will also see that, and I'll put this into the chat, but I'm not going to turn there. Um, I'll put this into the chat because it's true for us today. Romans chapter 10, verse 10 says the same thing. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Different sermon, the, one of the foundation scriptures of our faith. And I want you to also understand, so righteousness was based upon actions. But when the Lord was giving the judgment upon Israel before they went into captivity, he introduces a different situation. That the name of the Messiah, that his name, that's the Lord's name, that the Messiah is the Lord God, our righteousness, meaning God was going to take the action, going to give the benefit to you and I. Turning your Bibles, please. <clears throat> Turning your Bibles, please, so we understand this. And I hope this really helps somebody. Turning your Bibles, please, to the book of Isaiah, chapter. So, uh -uh. 
they shall not fear from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Then it goes on, verse 16. <coughs> Excuse me. By the way, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> it's one of the interesting things about following the Holy Ghost. Just before I started, the Holy Spirit said, go and pick up your drink. I had no idea why. But ladies and gentlemen, whenever he nudges you, just obey. It makes all the difference. <coughs> and so I'm really glad I've got it beside me. And so verse 16 Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waster to destroy. Verse 17, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is the key and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. The Bible says righteousness will make sure that you are established and that you are far from trouble. And righteousness will ensure that no weapon fashioned against you and many other things in between, they will, that anything sent against you to harm you will not prosper but the righteousness the lord is speaking of is the righteousness he provides and so ladies and gentlemen i want you to understand where the bible says the lord god our righteousness jehovah sidkenu that was manifested in the ministry and person of our lord and savior jesus christ so turning your bibles please so let's see where this really shows up turning your bibles please to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. 2 Corinthians, <clears throat> excuse me. 2 Corinthians 5, and we're going to verse 21. And the Bible says the following. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. Ladies and gentlemen, please listen to what I'm about to say. Because of the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, whenever you come to God, whenever you come to God in the name of Jesus, you come as a righteous man. That means you come, the Bible says you are morally clean you are declared morally clean but you are also declared that you have the deciding witness the deciding voice you have a right to speak into the affairs of your matter and you can now decree that you can now say what god says and it will be exactly the same as if the lord said it and i want you to understand ladies and gentlemen i hope someone realizes because of the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the name, the Lord God, our righteousness, Jehovah Sidkenu, is yours to claim. So when we now come in the name of Jesus, that gives us access to the righteousness that God has provided. And the benefits of a righteous man 
are now yours. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want you, I, I'm, I'm going quite quickly because I want to do two, two names tonight. But let's look at three benefits of righteousness. So you understand, and I really hope this helps somebody. We've just looked at part of one. We've looked at part of one. And therefore, we've looked at the element of protection. We looked at Isaiah 54 verses 14 and 17, that God will protect you. But I want you also to realize that God protects the righteous man. That means even when you don't realize, God will fight on your behalf. Now, I'm going to turn to this uh, graphic example. Turn with me, please, to Numbers 23. And I'm going to read from 19. Numbers 23 from 19. I'll put it into the chat for you, ladies and gentlemen. Numbers 23 from verse 19. Notice the only action you have to take to access the righteousness that God has made available is to believe, to accept as true that Jesus is who he says he is and that he rose again from the dead for your justification. The Bible says when you believe that, when you believe the word of God, you move from where you are with full access into the righteousness of God. Let's see this in action. I love stories and the Bible is full of stories. And so Numbers 23 verse 19, somebody wanted to curse Israel. This was, this was way back um, before Jesus came. A king wanted to curse Israel because they were becoming a threat. And he called on somebody to curse them, a man called Balaam. Who had an who who was a, a a prophet of sorts, and the Bible says so. That the king paid Balaam, and he built um, altars. And the Lord, a great story. The Lord took over the whole situation, and this is what Balaam had to say when the king asked him, "Curse these people." And this is what he said. I'm reading from verse 19 of Numbers 23. He said, "God is not a man that he should lie." neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received commandment to bless and he hath blessed and I cannot reverse it. He hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord, his God, is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. Verse 22, God brought them out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time, it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, what hath God wrought? So ladies and gentlemen, and, and he goes on. And what I want you to understand is what happened. Israel didn't know Balaam was trying to curse them. But because they were righteous, God fought on their behalf. So let me say it over your life. Because you are in Jesus Christ, no negative statement, no negative word. Nothing said previously, present, or in the future will harm you. Why? Because your righteousness provides you with protection from the attacks of the enemy. They're not going to win. They're not going to come through you. As the Bible said in Isaiah 54, verse 17, 
the tongue that rises up against you, you will condemn. Okay, so keep that in mind. I want you just to hold on that, that one of the blessings of righteousness is protection and God will protect you, whether that be at work. And even if it's not somebody who wants to curse you, something negative, you getting on the wrong bus, you taking the wrong turn, you ending up in a car accident. God will fight for you. Why? Because you are the righteous. Okay, you are the righteous. You are the righteous. Okay. The second thing I want you to remember, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the keys of being righteous is as follows. It is answered prayer. And I want you to really hold on to this. Turn with me in the Bible, please, ladies and gentlemen, to Proverbs chapter 15. And I'm going to read verse 29, just one verse. Okay, Proverbs 15, verse 29. I have seen the question in the chat, and I will answer it. I will, I will answer it. The Bible, um, the Bible says the following. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. I'll write that in the chat for you. Um, please keep the questions coming and I'll answer them as fast as I can. So Proverbs chapter 15, verse 29. So Proverbs 15, verse 29. Now, um, I've, got two, I've got two questions and I'm going to answer them really quickly. It says, one of them is, good evening, pastor. Can one's imputed righteousness be lost or withdrawn? Notice the key can the righteousness that God has provided through Jesus Christ be taken away from you? No. Can you choose not to access that righteousness? Yes. Why? The Bible says, Romans 10, verse 10. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The converse is therefore true. If you choose not to believe the Lord, then you stand away from his righteousness, even though it's available, and you will your words will not necessarily attract the salvation of the Lord. Now, the reason I'm answering, I've got two questions that, and they both say the same thing. And remember, unbelief is a sin. The, um, let me, um, but I want to give you a graphic example to answer your question and it will close out this element. Great questions. And I'm really glad they came in. Turn in your Bibles, please, ladies and gentlemen, to Jeremiah chapter 17, five to eight jeremiah 17 five to eight it's interesting that jeremiah articulates this jeremiah 17 and i'm going to start at verse five listen carefully the bible says the following thus saith the lord cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm 
whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabited. Notice the key, the person's heart departs from the Lord. The Lord is still there, but your heart focuses on other things. The Lord says that the consequences of those actions are that you will find yourself in a situation that is adverse. Let me read from verse seven. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Notice the man who trusts the Lord, the man who puts his hope in the Lord will access the benefits of the Lord. So let me make this clear. The righteousness that Jesus Christ has provided for you, can it be taken away? No. Can you choose not to access the benefits of it? Yes. The very same way is that you can have a train ticket and choose to walk to Manchester. You will get to Manchester in about three months, but the train could have taken you there a lot faster. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the reason I'm saying this, I want you to realize what God has provided for you in Jesus Christ is sure. And I want you to keep this in mind. What Jesus Christ has provided, he says, in him, you have become the righteousness of God. That's a benefit. It is yours. But you can choose not to access that benefit by what you do in with your faith and belief. Are we together? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to shift forward. Great question. Thank you very much. It made tonight easier. The last thing I want. So the last thing I want you to notice about being righteous, um, we, we started about answer prayer. So Proverbs 15 verse 29, the Bible says, the prayer of the righteous, the Lord hears. That means when you come before the Lord in prayer, when you come before the Lord in prayer, ladies and gentlemen, because of what Jesus has done, you are heard. This is, and listen, please, Forgive me for getting excited. I want you to understand. Hopefully, by the time you leave this session, what, what you go to pray about, there will be an assurance of an answer because Jesus has made it possible when you come to God in prayer, the Bible says he has caused you to be righteous. And the Bible says God hears the prayers of the righteous. So let's go to a famous verse. And let's drive this home. And I'm going to read, it's one of my favorite verses of the Bible. It really is. And I'm not just saying that. James chapter five, verse 16. James five, verse 16. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified Classic version of the Bible. Let me put that in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. James five, verse 16. And I'm going to put that in the, in the, in, 
I'll put that in the chat, but we're reading the Amplified Classic. The Bible says the following, confess to one another, therefore your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart, full stop. But then the Bible says the following, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand something about prayer, especially prayers for things that have been delayed or things that might have been out of your reach recently. The Bible says when you come to God in prayer, when you lift your voice in prayer, by virtue of the fact that Jesus has made you righteous, the prayer makes power available. That means, ladies and gentlemen, when you come, uh, forgive me for getting excited, when you come tonight to pray, I want you to understand something. There's nothing more to be done than you to believe what who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. That puts you in a position to lift your voice in prayer for you or for somebody else. And the necessary power to bring that to pass will come into your world. And I stand upon the word of God. There will be testimonies. The next set of verses, I won't read them, speak about Elijah and he, where he prayed. And he prayed to stop the rain and he prayed to start the rain so that Israel will be turned back to God. Ladies and gentlemen, may the miraculous show up in your prayer life because of what Jesus has done and because of the fact that Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord God, is our righteousness. We are righteous in him, not of ourselves. We are righteous in him. So when I believe in him, I step into that righteousness and the benefits of Jesus's life, death, resurrection, ascension, and everything that he has inherited and everything I have jointly inherited with him are mine. Are we together? Amen, ladies and gentlemen. So tonight, we're also going to look at another name of the Lord. We've got about 10 minutes and it should be, might be a little quicker, but it's going to be fun. The next name of the Lord I want you to look at, ladies and gentlemen, is the Lord God, our sanctifier. That means Jehovah Mikadesh. Now, when we say the Lord God as sanctifier, when God sanctifies something, the Bible says he makes it clean and he prepares it for service. That means he literally prepares it. He sanctifies it. He makes it ready for service. And that, that, let's start with, uh, we're going to look at a few scriptures really quickly. But there's something that we want to look at very quickly. And so please turn in your Bible to Jeremiah chapter one. And I'm going to read from verses four to five. Jeremiah one, and I'm going to read from verses four to five. The Bible says the following. I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, 
before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when the Lord is your sanctifier. He prepares you for what he has planned for your life. That means this is what he does. He declares you clean at his expense. He prepares you at his expense. He makes you ready at his expense. And then whatever he wants to do next happens. And so this is the beautiful thing about the Lord being our sanctifier. It means, ladies and gentlemen, you will not find yourself in a situation that God has not made you ready for if you would simply look for him. He's your sanctifier. He's prepared you for whatever you are about to face. Turn in your Bibles, please, ladies and gentlemen, to the book of John. And I'm going to go to chapter 15, and I'm going to look at verse 16. What does it mean for God to be your sanctifier? And we see this in the life of Jesus. John 15 verse 16 says the following. You have not chosen, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. The Bible says Jesus chose you and Jesus has ordained you. So we see what it means for the name Jehovah Mikadesh, which is the Lord God as sanctifier. Jesus has made you ready for what God has planned for you from beginning of time. He said, I've chosen you and I've ordained you. I have made you ready. And so ladies and gentlemen, I want you to please keep this in mind. And so let's see where this, um, yes, we have time. Please turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter two, verse three. Genesis chapter two, verse three. Let's, let's see where Let's see this home. And the Bible says the following, just to buttress the last point. And the Bible says, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it, he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. And so ladies and gentlemen, this is why the Lord encourages us to have a Sabbath because on the seventh day, he has blessed it. He sanctified, that means he prepared it and he declared it unique and special, cleansed. So it has a day with a supernatural element. And so ladies and gentlemen, in the very same way, the Lord has done that for you. So let's have a look at, just to close out tonight, let's have a look at one, let's have a look at one benefit of sanctification, just one, just one benefit. And I want to, that will be where we'll close it tonight, but we will finish this next week before we continue. 
Turn in your Bibles, just so you know that sanctification is yours, we'll look at two scriptures. Please turn in your Bible to 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 23. 1 Thessalonians, 5.23. And the Bible says the following. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, please keep this in mind. It is God who sanctifies you. You are not sanctified by your actions, what you wear, what you... No, no, no. The Lord sanctifies you through the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he prepares you for life after salvation. He prepares you for what he designed before Satan got his hands on you. He has prepared you for the life that he had in mind before things went awry. This is what sanctification speaks about. So ladies and gentlemen, this is how we're going to end tonight. Let's look at a benefit of sanctification. Please turn in your Bible to the book of Ezekiel. I, I will put that in the chat. So forgive the um, abbreviation. I'm going to start reading from Ezekiel 36, verse 25. This is what the impact of sanctification. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also I will give you and a new spirit I will put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgment and do them. Keep reading. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. Notice God has made it possible for you to walk with him as son once more. Verse 29. And I will also save you from all your uncleanness and I will call for the corn and will increase it and lay no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field that you shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. I'm going to stop reading there, verse 30. The key element I want you to remember, benefit number one for tonight, benefit number one of sanctification is God will restore you to an original state. Restoration is the number one benefit of you being sanctified. That means you, ladies and gentlemen, please hear me well. By virtue of what Jesus has done, God wants to restore whatever part of you, your body, your soul, your spirit. But notice, he also wants to restore everything around you. And so ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a couple of minutes. I, I, I can't go, I can't end tonight without going to this scripture. Please come with me to the book of Joel, chapter two, and we're going to read from 23 to 29. And I'll put that in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. This is our last scripture for tonight. 
Joel 2, 23 to 29. And we'll stop at verse 29. The, this is the benefits of sanctification when God puts things right. And God is about to do this for somebody tonight. That's why I have to, I have to go through this. The Bible says the following. Be glad then you children of Zion and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. Let me read verse 27. The Bible says, and you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. Ladies and gentlemen, someone out there, please hear me well. By virtue of the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, restoration, please hear me well, restoration has been licensed to come to you. The Lord will cause it to happen in a miraculous way, whether that be in your body, whether that be in your soul, whether that be in your spirit, whether that be in your circumstances, Someone, the benefits of restoration. God is about to give yesterday back to somebody. God is about to turn the clock back on somebody's behalf. This is what sanctification, the blessing of sanctification, of being in Christ Jesus, this is one of the major benefits. And so I speak it over your life, ladies and gentlemen. I commit tonight and I just join my faith with yours, whatever you need to be restored, whatever you need to come back to life, may it be so in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Ladies and gentlemen, may God bless you tonight. If you're believing God for uh, healing for your loved ones, and we will join our faith each time we join our faith together with you and we pray for a miracle. May God bless you. We will pick up from here next week. May God bless you and keep you. Have a wonderful night, ladies and gentlemen.